0: Amen. Are you alive and well today? Come on. Amen. Well, I know it's good to see all of you. If you're a guest with us today, we welcome you. Um, Yeah, it's amazing to have you. So look, guys, I'm just going to share with you what's on my heart today um, from the Lord that God's been impressing on me lately and just just share with you my heart for a little bit. Obviously, all of it aligning with scripture. You, You won't hear me sit up here and give you my opinion, um, that's not what I'm called to do. Um, actually, there's too much of that in the world, period, people's opinions, and not enough word of God uh, laced in there. So, <clears throat> but, you know, lately, the Lord has really been impressing on my heart and on my wife's heart, this, this idea, or, or more than that, this, this belief in faith. Um, A lot of times I think we treat faith as some abstract concept, like, oh, it sounds good and it sounds cool and and whatever verbiage you want to put with that, but we make it more abstract than concrete. But how many of you realize that faith is the evidence of things hoped for, things not yet seen, but there's an evidence, and I put my hope in the evidence of the faith that I have in the God I serve. And lately, the Lord's really been speaking to me about not doubting. Stop doubting my word. Stop doubting my word. God's really been impressing on my heart to start really having a radical faith, a radical faith that possesses me in such a way that I can't keep my mouth shut about it. That literally I can't separate my life from the faith that I have in Jesus Christ. Like there is no delineation between the two. And hear me, I didn't say the faith that we must possess. I'm talking about a faith that possesses us. That literally takes over. This is what Paul was talking about. when he says that the love of Christ Christ compels thee, that it possesses me to live this life for him. This is the type of faith that, man, we need to be walking in as the people of God. We must be. And after the Lord started impressing that on my heart, he then led in to start talking to me about how we must fight. Someone shout fight. fight. How we must fight the good fight of faith. We're in a fight, church. Whether you're aware of it or not, we're in a fight. But the sad truth is, is a lot of times, a lot of Christians don't even realize they're in a fight. We don't even, we don't even get it. See, what happens a lot of times to a lot of us is that we are so consumed with our own lives, with our own wants and our own desires, with what we're trying to pursue in this life. And we're so consumed with it, so tunnel visioned and focused on it that we stick our heads in the sand and we keep our heads down and we can't even see the fight that is raging on all around us. Can't even see it. But the Lord's putting us on notice today. He's putting us on blast today. And this is what the Lord told me to tell you right off the bat this morning. The days where the church can remain neutral is over. It's over. I'll say it again just so you get it. The days where the church can remain neutral is now over. There was a time when we could do that. Where we could just fixate ourselves on building some big church and having cafes and all this other stuff and i'm fine with cafes we'll keep the cafe for you right i want you to make sure you get your fix when you come in here i don't want you getting all yeah i mean like get them their fix but i'm cool with all of it but man the days where we can remain neutral is over we can no longer afford as christ's followers to remain neutral and to remain quiet See, a lot of times, I think a lot of us, we just don't like conflict at all. And so we will avoid conflict at no matter the cost. It, it doesn't really matter. As long as I don't have to deal with this conflict and this friction and this rift that is happening around me, as long as I don't have to deal with that, I'm cool. Because after all, I'll still go to church. I'll pray at my house. I'll live for God my way. But man, that day is over. Those days are, are behind us. And man, we got to make sure that we're ready to fight. And, you know, I tell you, if, if our heart is that where we, we just don't like conflict, then we need to be praying, God, strengthen me, change me. Let me be able to stand in the face of conflict and stand for what is right and fight the good fight. Help me, God, by the Holy Spirit to do it. Because let me tell you, let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible is clear. The righteous are as bold as lions. That's what the Bible says. And that isn't something fun to just talk about and me be loud about it. No, 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 no. That's talking about us having a boldness of our faith in Christ. A boldness to fight against what the enemy is trying to pull his crap. Fight against it. Not to remain silent. And it'd be just a verse we put on our refrigerator to quote every now and then. No, no, no. The righteous are to be as bold as lions. And the last time I checked, the lion don't run away from a fight. They run towards it. To protect... The pride, to protect the people, their people. And that's what the scriptures are telling us to do, to fight. And in a fight, listen to me, there's friction in a fight, man. There's a lot of friction in a fight, and it's very uncomfortable. It's super uncomfortable. And in a fight, man, there's a right side and a wrong side. Hear me. In a fight, there is a right side. And there is a wrong side, period. There's no such thing as a neutral side in a fight. I hate to tell you that. No such thing. And the truth is, as the church, we got to get right in the middle of the fight. We got to get right in the middle of it. This fight that's happening in our country, and more specifically in our community, right in our backyards, and, and, and hear me, hear me, man. I, I understand we want people to like us. Like, I mean, I get that. I, I, I like when people like me. Just to be honest with you, it's kind of nice. You know, when people speak well of you and say how good you're doing and all that fun stuff. I, I like it. As human beings, we want to be liked. But did you know this? I bet a lot of people never not even know the, the word of God says this. In Luke chapter 6, verse 26, Jesus says, but woe. Woe to you if all men speak well of you beware is what he's saying beware if everybody is cool with you and there's no friction in your life at all around you then beware beware because the reality is this if everyone likes you then you're not standing for anything you're not standing against or for anything you've remained neutral and you've remained quiet in the situation and in the fight that is raging on You're not fighting the good fight of faith if everybody's speaking well. You're just not. Matthew chapter five, Jesus says this. He says, blessed are you when men persecute you, revile you, and speak all kinds of manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. Not here, but there, because it won't feel good here we'll feel good. John 15, Jesus reminds us and tells us, listen, the world will hate you because it first hated me. The world will hate you because it first hated me. In other words, what Jesus is simply saying is this, the people who live a worldly lifestyle will hate you because of the light in you better be exposed in the darkness in them. If not, you're neutral and you're not in the fight and you're not in it. The faith in you should confront the lack of faith in someone else. It absolutely should. The faith in you should upset the doubt in those around you to spur them to even believe more in God than what they currently do. So, this idea where we can all just be buddies and sit around a campfire and sing kumbaya together sounds nice, it's fun. But it's just not going to happen while we're here. Them days are over. Those days are finished. Now listen to me. One day when we get to heaven. When we do get to heaven. What a wonderful day that would be. When we get there. Sure. We'll all sit around the heavenly campfires and hang out. Sing whatever we want to sing. Praises to his name. Because we'll be perfected in him. Looking just like him. All of one mind and one accord. The problem is right now when you live on an earth where the God of this age has blinded the eyes of the unbeliever, when the prince of the power of the air is at work in the hearts of the sons of disobedience, when you live in that type of a place and in that type of a time and culture, man, there's going to be friction. There is going to be conflict. There's going to be. And there's going to be times when we must stand up and fight for what is right instead of sitting and keeping our mouth shut. Stand up and speak the truth, even when the truth makes other people uncomfortable. Even when it makes other people uncomfortable, speak the truth when it upsets other people. Speak about our faith, even when people make fun of you. And I love it when people say, You actually believe that God will do that? You better believe I do. I believe God can do it. I believe God can get you out of that wheelchair. I believe God can heal you of your cancer. I believe he can take away a tumor in a a, a blink of an eye. I believe it with every fiber of my being. And I'm not going to apologize about it whatsoever. And stand on that type of faith so that people make fun of it. You go right ahead. Because of the God I serve. The righteous are to be bold as lions. Amen we got to make sure that we're starting to live the way the scriptures are telling us to live. Yeah, let me just say this for, for other people in the room, too. We don't go looking for a fight. Like You don't go pick a fight, Rusty. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the reason I know people are thinking that right now is because that would be me. Like, uh, Let's just find one. Yeah, it yep, looks good right here. Let's do this one. But no, the Holy Spirit's still transforming me from one degree of glory to the next. But we're not to go look for fights. We're not to go look for fights, but when the fight comes to our front doors, we don't go run and hide. We don't sit down and shut up. When the fight comes to our country, this is our country. This is our community. When it comes here, this is ours. And we're the ones that's got to stand and say, enemy, no more. Okay, you're done. I draw the line right here, right now. You're finished. When the fight comes to our own schools, we can't sit by We just can't do it. We've done that way too long. We've done that long enough. We have to stop the enemy from taking what is ours. What is rightfully ours according to the word of God. Everywhere my feet tread, God gives me the land. That's what the Bible says. So it's mine, my inheritance as a son, your inheritance as a daughter of God. The church has allowed the enemy to take way too much ground. And if we don't stop it now, it's never going to stop. If we don't stand and fight now for what is ours and for the ground that God has given us, then the enemy will take it all. He'll take every bit of it. With no quarter, he don't give a flying rip about you or anybody else. I mean, right now, man, the enemy is pushing an agenda across our country. It's infiltrated every part of it every part of our country. He's taken over media. He's taken over social media. He's taken over most of politics. He's taken over most of corporate America. He's taken over most of the healthcare system in America. And listen, he's not done there. He's not stopping there. We've just let him have all that, but he didn't stop there. He kept coming, and now he's trying to take over the educational system as well. That's what he's trying to do. And And the Lord's calling on the church to stand. Not somebody else's fight. It's our fight against the enemy. Because if we don't fight him, no one else will. No one else will. The apostle Paul says it this way. When you've done everything in your power to stand, stand therefore. In other words, you keep fighting. You keep fighting the good fight of faith. Don't stop fighting the enemy and his agenda because the fight is never over. And it doesn't matter if you're retired or if you're a teenager, you're in the fight. Doesn't matter. The fight's not over. We've gotta fight for what's right and fight against what is wrong, period. We have to. Now maybe you haven't noticed this or haven't realized this, so I'll, I'll inform you just in case you don't know. The enemy's agenda is really, really simple, guys. It's super simple. It's not deep at all. It's to remove God from every aspect of life. That's it. To literally remove godliness and righteousness from all of our society. And all those places I just named off. That's what he's trying to do. And did you know this has been his plan since the beginning of time? To remove godliness, to remove righteousness from the very beginning. Clear back in the Garden of Eden. And one of the ways that the enemy does this, right? One of the, one of the key ways he does it is by getting us to doubt the word of God. That's what he has to do. If he can get us to doubt the word of God, we'll take off the righteousness of God. And that's what he did to Eve. Think about in the garden. He says to Eve, surely God didn't say you would die. I mean, really? Just just take a bite. In the moment she doubted the word of God, she took off the righteousness of God. She took it off because of her choices. And then we all know what happened. Then all of mankind was now made unrighteous before God. That's why God sent his only son, he who knew no sin, to become our sin so that what? We could become the righteousness of God through him. Thank you, Jesus. But after Eve made that choice, took off the righteousness for all of mankind because she doubted the word of God and came into agreement with the enemy. And hear me, men and women, listen to me. We gotta be very, very careful what we come into agreement with. I'm telling you, there's so much more at stake than what meets the eye. The enemy is working. We're battling against principalities and rulers and heavenly places. And we've gotta be extremely careful and cautious that the Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us so that we don't come into agreement with what the enemy is trying to do to this, to this country and to our communities. Because what we come into agreement with, we will answer for, hear me, There is ramifications to what you agree to. What you come into agreement with, you are aligning yourself with, and there is deep, deep ramifications for those things. So we gotta be very careful to test everything unto the obedience of Christ, every thought captive, put everything up against the word of God, all of it. If it doesn't line up with that, nope, I'm good. I don't want that. And listen, one day I'll preach an entire series on the power of agreement because there's so much there to explore. It's actually amazing. But hear me, man, we must be a people who do not doubt the word of God at all. I mean, at all, none, none of it. And the places where we are struggling to believe it, because there's some interesting stuff in here, man, like In the places that we are struggling, Holy Spirit, strengthen me. I believe, help my unbelief. Strengthen me to believe it. Matthew chapter 21, Jesus says this. This is how important it is to believe. Jesus says, truly I say to you, the one who has faith and does not doubt in his own heart, whatever he asks for in prayer, I'll give it to him. Whatever he asks for in prayer, I'll give it to him. And no, I'm not talking about believing for the Lamborghini, right? I'm talking about the the will of God being done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what I'm talking about. God, I believe that you can move in this situation. I believe you can change it for your glory and believe it without doubting. And we got to be a people who believe the word of God. Because the Bible also says this, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible to. Proverbs chapter 3 says, trust Trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, trust in him, believe in him, believe that the word has everything that you need to make it through this life. Then he will make your path straight. After we do that. James chapter one says it this way. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask of God, who will give freely and generously to all without reproach. But when you ask, do it with no doubting. Because the person who doubts is a double-minded man. They're unstable in all their ways. They're like a wave in the ocean tossed to and fro by the wind. And that person, this is what it says, and that person can, can expect to receive nothing from God. The person who doubts the word of God. And so I read all those, quoted those scriptures because here's what I want to say. If we do not doubt the word of God, then God will show up on our behalf. If we do not doubt the word of God, nothing is impossible for the God we serve. If we do not doubt. If we do not doubt the word of God, we will be a people who carry the righteousness of God everywhere we go. But if we do doubt the word of God, we'll be a people who choose to take our righteousness off. We'll choose to take it off. This is why the enemy tries to get us to doubt the word of God because he wants you and I to take our righteousness off. Because if he can get us to take our righteousness off, we aren't walking in the power of God. His righteousness causes us to walk in power. Without it, there is no power at all, none. And we've gotta walk in the righteousness in the word so that we walk in God's power. And here's the thing, man. Right now, there is an all-out assault against the word of God. I mean, it's an all-out assault. I mean, the enemy's coming after the word hard. I mean, listen, and I'm not even saying just outside the church. I'm talking about inside the church as well. I mean, we got denominations approving people to lead churches who are living in outright sin. I mean, chosen to live in the sin of their life instead of repenting keeping with the spirit of repentance so that they can bear the fruit of repentance and they're leading churches. These people saying it's okay, even though the word of God specifically says, if you're living this way, you got to repent, turn from it and stop living in that sin. This is what's happening. We got churches who aren't even preaching the word of God anymore. Instead, they're preaching through a book that someone else wrote. Like what? The word of God is what brings life. This is what brings transformation. This is what will bring change in a dark world. Not some book. Books are fine, but this is what brings life. But I'm telling you, the day is now upon us as a church, as the church, where if the word of God is not being preached without compromise and without fear, the word of God is not being preached, the enemy will wreak havoc on those churches that don't do it. They won't survive the attack. They won't. It's crazy to me because even the media, I just seen a report the other day that, that the media now is calling the word of God hate speech. It's hate speech if you, if you preach this. It's hate speech. No, it's the word of God. Just because you hate what it says, don't make it hate speech. But that's what they're doing. And see, the people of God cannot allow these attacks to go on without standing our ground, without standing our ground and saying, no way, no way, not on our watch pushing back and fighting against what's wrong and fighting for what's right because as believers listen as believers we got to believe second Timothy chapter 3 that all scripture is breathed by God inspired by the holy spirit and it is perfect for teaching reproving correcting and training in righteousness someone shout righteousness, righteousness. this is this is what the word of God is and this is what it's telling us this is a miracle this is a miracle that the breath of life that literally spoke everything into existence, God just spoke it and it happened. He spoke it, done. It's the same breath. He spoke the word, words formed on a page and it is meant to lead us and guide us straight to him. Every word is meant to, to cause us to, to get rid of disbelief and to believe fully in the God we serve. That's what the scriptures are meant for. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven says this. We are to live by faith. We're to live by faith, not by sight. Live by faith, not by sight. Faith, faith. And faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. This is how we, we, we build our faith. It's crazy, right after Paul says that, you know what he says in verse 16? He goes on, second Corinthians chapter five, verse 16. He says, because... We are to live by faith and not by sight. From now on, we no longer regard any worldly point of view. Amazing. From now on, now maybe we up to this point did, but from now on that we're living by faith and not by sight, we no longer regard what the world is saying. Simply this, if somebody isn't following Jesus and put their belief in the word of God, then we don't regard them. We don't allow them to lead us. We don't allow them to counsel us. We don't listen to a single thing that they're saying. That's literally what the word of God just said to us. So if a person doesn't believe that this is the the breathed word of God, can't allow them to lead you. You can't allow them to have a seat at your table and have your ear. You can't do it. If a person doesn't believe the scriptures without doubting, Man, you don't go to them for wisdom. You don't do it. Don't allow them to have a voice in your life. And the way that I would break that down, right? This would be my translation. Paul's basically saying, saying simply this. He's saying, look, if you go to people in the world for advice on how to live your life, that would be like an alcoholic going into a bar asking them to help them quit drinking. It doesn't work. It doesn't work it's outside of order the way god has designed it to be we have to stop looking to the world to lead us and start opening the scriptures to guide us and put our full full belief in god's word listen church if we want to spend eternity with jesus then we better be in the scriptures and living according to the word of god period there is no other way (laughs) there is no other way Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. And the only type of saving faith is faith that endures to the end. So the only way to endure is to get in this right here, get it written on the tablets of your hearts. Make sure you believe it with every fiber of your, of your being. Over the past 19 months, past 19 months has been a difficult time for a lot of people, for, for a ton of us. Probably most of us, I would say. COVID-19 hits, all hell breaks loose. Everything's flipped upside down in an instant. It wasn't an instant for the enemy. He had been plotting this thing for a minute. He had been laying the groundwork and setting it up for the church to follow instead of lead. But, it, but anyway, COVID-19 hits, everything shifts overnight for us. And man, i am telling you, we didn't know what was going on. No one knew what was happening. Like We were like, what in the world is going on? If we'd have been asking God, God would have revealed it. But anyway, what's going on? So we didn't know how to handle what was happening to us. E- even us, I remember even us right at the very beginning, right? We, we shut the church down for four weeks. We got to shut the doors. We're not sure what's, what's taking place. And so we better, we better shut the doors. And I can remember I was praying. I was talking to God. I said, God, you know, what are we, what, what we going to do? What, what do we do, Lord, during this uncertain time for people? How, how do we, what do we do? And the Lord said to me, I'll never forget it, He said, He said, this, this pandemic, quote unquote pandemic, it is political in nature and demonic by design. Open the church. I said, cool. We opened it right after the Lord spoke that to me. Right after the Lord spoke it. That's okay. And I'm telling you, man, the backlash that I got for that decision, oh, I mean, I got emails cussing me out, super upset with me telling me that because I opened the church up, I didn't care about the people. You don't care about your congregation. You want them all to die. Literally what these people were sending me. And and I I remember saying to to all of them, I answered them the same. I said, well, they're not my people. They're God's people. And I trust God with God, with his people, right? Like uh, it's just natural to me. I trust God. I, I don't know. I'm just telling you what God said. And the word of God says, I can't forsake the fellowship of gathering together. I'm not allowed. So, so that's the word of God. And so I got to believe that I'm supposed to leave the doors open for people to come in and be able to gather together and worship the God they serve. I have to be able to do that. And so, man, I'm telling you, I, it was rough, man. And I had to fight this good fight for months and months on end. But if I would have listened to the worldly wisdom, if I would have regarded the world, the church would still be shut down. It would still be shut down if we listened to that. And I I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it. I had to listen to what God was saying and stand on the belief that the word of God speaks to me and and reveals to me. See, I've got to believe that God is our protector. I've got to believe that he is our great physician. I've got to believe that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God that healeth thee. I have to believe it. If I don't believe that, then I'm not going to believe any of it. You can't believe portions of it. It's either all true or non-true. So are we going to believe it? Are we going to live according to it and trust God's word or are we not? Or are we not? Are we going to play church or are we going to live church? What are we going to do? And listen, man, I haven't said much over these past 19 months. I really haven't. I haven't said a whole lot when it comes to politics and, and all this other stuff, Right? I haven't said a whole lot. Just a couple messages at certain times that I got visions from God and God told me to speak and I did. But, but I kind of just kind of kept my mouth shut. And... Because, you know, I had a bunch of people telling me that it wasn't the church's place to get in politics, which is that's the reason why the enemy took over politics because the church ain't in it. I'm just being honest with you because we buried our head and let the enemy take it. I'm just telling you. But whatever, whatever. And I just, I just kind of let it go. Like I didn't, I was like, okay, well, you know, pressing into God, God, what do you want to do? And all those different things. And God is so good and so faithful and he's slow to, to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And so I kept praying, Lord, what, what, do you want me, what, what do you want me to do? And finally, you know, God shifted it on me. He shifted it on me. He said, no more, you can remain silent about what's happening in the world around you. Because if you do remain silent, during this issued assault that the enemy has sent on the word of God and on the church? The man, you'll answer for it. I said, okay, Lord, well, I don't want to answer for that. I want to answer for doing what you called me to do as a man of God. And he said to me, because my people have doubted me, they have taken off the righteousness that I have for them. And they're no longer walking in the power of God. And I got to admit, man, I had to hit my knees and pray and say, Father, forgive me. Lord, I missed it. I'm sorry I missed it. I didn't know I was missing it, but I missed it. God, forgive me and help me to make sure I'm standing firm and I'm fighting what you want me to fight. And so, man, and how God got my attention was, was, was really easily. It's when it came to my, my door, my own door, right? My school, where my kids are at. That's when it started to, to hit me and say, oh, wait a, wait a minute. I can't sit by any, any longer because the truth is if we keep sitting by and not saying nothing, the enemy will continue to strip us of all that God wants to give us. If we sit by and keep allowing school districts and governments to pull from us our religious exemptions and our beliefs, they'll keep taking them. They'll keep taking them from us. They've already removed prayer from school. It's gone. It's been gone. Do you know why they removed it? Because we shut up. Because we kept our mouth shut. Because somebody told us it wasn't our place. So we kept our mouth shut. Oh, oh, the prayer's in the church. Leave it in the church. No, no, no. This is God's earth. (laughs) Prayer is everywhere and it should be. But we let them do that. When I was in school, they used to open up the Bible and they'd read a scripture every single morning. Our teacher would. Every morning. Now the kids that didn't want to participate in it, they didn't make them. They sat there and colored on a calling book, whatever they did. But we prayed and we read the word every morning. But now they took all that away, which, which by the way, the reason, listen to me, the reason why the school is struggling with wisdom is because they removed God. They're not asking God. They're not inviting the Holy Spirit to come and give them wisdom on how to lead through this difficult time. They're not. They're leaving it up to people in the world instead of from now on, we will not regard the world, but we'll press into the word of God. They haven't done that. They, they just remove, they removed it. And now they recently just issued a mandate that refuses religious exemption. This is a problem. And I'm going to tell you why it's a problem. Because what that says is this. This is what they're saying. I don't care about your religious beliefs. It has no place here. That's what they're saying. Now, they're not coming out and being that bold. I wish they would. But they're not. They're cloaking it and veiling it with a whole bunch of legal jargon. But that's what they're saying. Your religious belief I will tell you what you can believe. I'll tell you how far your belief can go in this school. That's exactly what they're saying. And the Lord said to me, this is exactly what he said to me. He said, if they can remove this religious exemption for this thing, they'll remove it from everything. So don't you dare, Keith, get caught up in the thing. Because right now it's one thing. Today, it's just one thing. Tomorrow, it'll be completely different. I'm telling you, it'll be something completely different, church, if we don't fight. It's one thing today, tomorrow, it'll be something. We were like, what in the world, how is this happening? But it will, because the enemy's never satisfied. He'll keep going. Our trust in God cannot be determined by this world. It has to be defined by the word of God. It has to be. It has to be, church. And we gotta stop just sitting by and saying nothing. And we gotta start fighting for what's right. And so look, I went to the school board meeting which I'm sure some people didn't even come to church today because I went to the school board meeting. Praise God. I got some backlash for that too. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for the call on my life. But I had to go to the school board meeting and just talk. And listen, man, all I talked was the word of God. That's all I did. I literally preached the word of God because that's what I'm called to do. I'm a pastor. God has put this on my heart to be a preacher. And so that's what I did. I just preached God's word in my belief. And I felt like, man, I had to. God told me, you have to go fight for the religious beliefs of your kids and the religious freedom of not only your kids, but the kids' 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 kids kids to come. You have to do it. And not only for that, but also, yeah, but also for the staff that works at that school. And we got some amazing teachers there, man. I'm telling you. I mean, amazing people. And they're getting stuck in a hard spot. And so, man, we got to go fight for them, us too. Fight for them. But as a man of God and as a dad, I have to preserve my right of religious freedoms over my family. I've got to be able to train my kids up in the ways of the Lord so that they never depart. And I can't have a school limiting what I can do and what I can say and how I raise my kids. I can't have that. We cannot have it. Because listen to me, that's what I will answer for before God one day. When I stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, He's not gonna worry about no school board telling me what I could do and what I can't. He's gonna say, what did you do with my word, son? How did you teach your kids? And how did you raise your kids up in the ways of God? How did you teach them to believe? How did you teach your church how to believe? How did you, you will answer for that, Keith. And you know what else? Here's, Here's what else. You'll answer for it too. When you stand before God, you will give an account. What did you do with the word of God? How did you believe God? How did you obey the word of God in your life and in the life of your family? And I'm telling you, it will not be a a sufficient excuse to tell God, well, I didn't obey God because, because I don't like conflict. And so I just let it go because I really didn't want to do it. It's not going to work. I didn't obey your word, God, because it was uncomfortable to obey you. It's not sufficient. God, I didn't obey your word because they said, if I obeyed your word, I'm going to lose my job, God. That's not going to work. It's, it's not going to fly with God. I'm just telling you. I didn't obey your word, God, because you know I wanted my kids to play sports. They really wanted to play sports. And if we did obey, we can't play sports. Sorry, it's not sufficient. God, I, I couldn't obey your word because my kid wanted to get into a certain school. And so I made sure that I had to do what they told me to do instead of going with my deep religious beliefs and believing the, the word of God. And so, God, that's why I did it. It's not going to matter. That's not going to be sufficient. God, I compromised my obedience to your word because the world said I had to is not going to be a sufficient argument, I promise. It will not be. Because hear me, here's the reality. Up to this point in our country, man, we've been blessed up to this point. Slowly they've been pulling stuff, but we have been pretty blessed. We are literally protected under the law of the Constitution to come in here and freely worship. We're protected by the law and the Bill of Rights, first Bill of Rights. We're protected under it. But you know, that's not the case for most countries in this world. It's not the case. Right now, Christians are being killed for their faith. Right now. Right now. In countries all across the world. Being killed for it. Just simply because they're believing the word of God. That's it. And hear me, even under the threat of death, they have to obey God's word. Even under the threat of death, it's not going to be a sufficient argument to say, well, God, I didn't obey because they said they would kill me. It's not going to be sufficient. It's not going to be sufficient. This is how intense God is about us believing the word, living according to the word. This is how intense he is. This is the premium that he puts, that he puts on it. And here's the reality this morning, guys, is laws can be, can be changed. That's what they're working to do right now, is change the laws. They can be changed. They really can be. Freedoms can be taken away. But you know what? God's word will never change. And they can never take Jesus from us, ever. Never. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will remain. So they can't ever take that. They can never change it. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he always will be. This is why it's so important to be in your word, believing it with every fiber of your being and fighting the good fight of faith to preserve as many rights as we possibly can in the moment we find ourselves in. We better do it. We better fight to help maintain our religious freedom in this country because I'm telling you, today it's one thing that they're saying you can't have a religious exemption for, tomorrow it'll be something different. I'm telling you right now it will be because they're not going to the Lord for wisdom they're not finding their faith and hope in this word that God will protect us and guide us and lead us so they just want to pull religious exemption period because they're trying to get rid of religion totally that's what the enemy's trying to do and it won't matter who says what to us job, boss, career whatever university it's not going to matter to God The only thing that's going to matter is did your faith endure to the end? What did you do with this word? How did you stand and believe it? How did you fight for it? What did you do with it? That's what's going to matter in the end. You know, the good news is the Lord encourages us with Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. He says, haven't I commanded you? It wasn't a request. It wasn't something nice to think about. No, haven't I commanded you to be strong and courageous? Why? Because the Lord your God goes before you in the battle. Lord, can we believe like Elisha that there is more for us than those who oppose us? Can we believe at, the, at these board meetings and in these arenas when people are fighting against our faith and coming at our faith that God would open our eyes to see all of heaven's angel armies around us? Mm. Man, we've got to believe the word of God. We must fight to preserve it. We must run the race with endurance. We must stand for righteousness and against ungodliness. We must stand for truth. We must stand for the word of God. We have to. And we cannot allow our fear of conflict to deter us. We cannot allow our fear of what people think about us and what they might say about us deter us from fighting this fight with all righteousness Man, we got to stand in the way and say, no, no, no more, enemy. You ain't taking no more ground from us. That's it. He screwed up, I'm telling you. He screwed up. He went too far. He went too far. He woke up too many people now. We're on him like white on rice. And we ain't backing down. I'm done. I'm done. We've got to fight, church. And listen to me again. It's not about the thing. It's about them being able to pull religious exemption, period. They cannot do that. We can't allow them to do that. And one thing, let me just say this. So religious exemption, I thought most of the time, what I used to think was that religious exemption meant I didn't believe in medical science. That's not true. That's not true. What I'm saying is I reserve my right to choose what medical procedure you're gonna do on me. That's all. And I'm not gonna subject myself to any unnecessary (laughs) medical procedures on my body, period. Period. I'm just not gonna do it because I believe God. I believe He can heal me. Even in the midst of whatever's happening within me, God can heal me. God can protect me. So, yeah. We gotta fight for what's right, church. We have to. If not, the enemy's gonna keep taking ground. And I'm sick of him taking ground. I'm tired of it. This is our inheritance, this earth. It's ours. God gave it to us to subdue and have dominion over. It's ours. Not his, not the world's. Not the powers that be. It's God's. And we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. It's our inheritance. Go ahead and stand to your feet, please. Let me just pray over you really quickly. And we'll close. Father I thank you for each and every person that is here that's watching online that we'll watch online later and I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit you would begin to quicken everybody's mortal bodies I pray you would put this desire to fight for what's right and to know how to fight to know God that we got to stand upon your word the B-I-B-L-E that that's the book for us And that we're going to trust you with everything that is within us. I pray that right now by the Holy Spirit, you'd put that in every heart here. Strengthen us to to run this race with endurance, Jesus. Yeah, Lord. Give us eyes to see and a spiritual discernment by your spirit. The things the enemy is trying trying to do on the earth. So that we don't come in agreement with any of it, God. Help us, Lord so that you would receive all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen.